Like your body knows how to heal. Yes. Your body knows how to be creative and knows how to be sexy and knows how to be calm and knows how to be strong. So harmony dwells where obstructions do not exist. Yeah. So you are harmony, I am harmony. Yeah. This world is harmony. Yeah. If we can be more diligent about removing the obstructions, we already know how to do everything. Welcome to Unleashed. I'm Alexi Panos, life, love, and business strategist, leadership trainer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. And you found the place for getting real, no BS, tools, strategies, and inspiration on how to live your fullest potential, unlock your most authentic expression, and create a life and business that you're completely obsessed with. It's time to remove the chains that have been keeping us small. And it's time to live life unleashed. What if you, yes you, were the only thing in the way of your deepest strength, healing, sexiness, and alignment? What if the changes that needed to be made were actually a lot simpler than we've made it out to be? In this candid conversation, I sit down with my friend Erin Alexander, who is a manual therapist, movement coach, and host of the top-rated Align podcast to talk about what movement, our bodies, and how we care for it and activate it in the world has everything to do with living our fullest potential and living in our deepest alignment. We let you in on this conversation that explores all the ways in which we depress the human animal through our everyday modern living. And Aaron shares simple steps, simple that you can easily implement in your life to start the process of getting yourself back into your deepest alignment to fully unlock your untapped potential. So let's dive on in. There's a lot of gems in here. So be sure to listen and make sure you share on social media. Tag myself at Alexi Panos and Aaron at Align Podcast. And let us know what your biggest takeaways are from this episode. Here we go. Yeah, so let's get right in. You're somebody that likes to think a little different, mm. which I like. Um, we met actually having an interesting conversation at South by Southwest in Austin. Um, and then I got to know a little bit more about what you do. And you just released a book around movement. So tell me a little about how thinking differently and this idea of moving coincide. Hmm. Well, uh, the way that you move and the way that you think are, it's kind of like two ends of the same rope. Yeah. You know, so as we are moving, we're continually expressing ourselves with our physical postural patterns. You know, so there's a, some research that I have in the, in the book. Um, came from a guy called Albert Moravian from UCLA. It was in the 70s. Okay. And came up with this thing called the 55-38-7 principle. Ah, so yes. 55% of our, our communication comes from our body language. Yep. And then 38 is the tonality, and then 7% is the actual words coming out of our face. Right. And so, as we're, so it's not actually about what you're saying. It's what you're saying. small parts of the issue. <laughs> the, the only where that principle actually has relevance is when there's incongruence. Uh-huh. And so a phone call, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different, but you can still hear people's intonations. You can almost hear people smiling. Yeah. You know, and it's very fascinating how it's yeah. like if you, if you become a little bit more sensitive to it, you're like, yeah, I can like hear your body language while you're talking to me. Yes. Are you leaning in? Are you checked out? Oh, sure. What's Are your, your face doing? Constricting? All those subtle, the tiniest little cues. And I, I noticed this with doing, and I've been doing a lot of interviews because of the, the book. And yeah. sometimes I confuse, or I com- I'll conflate modesty with not knowing what I'm talking about. And uh-huh. so I'll kind of finish with an intonation 
of trying to be very modest about it. Yeah, but it's kind of like a little bit of high. Yeah. Like, we're like maybe <laughs> what do you think? Maybe this is a possibility. <laughs> right, right. As opposed to my mind, I'm like, no, I know this is this is this is it. Yeah. So you know, that's but I'm trying to be modest with it. So the intonation comes off that way. And then when I re-listen to it, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of a misleading way to communicate that idea. Because yeah. I was actually very confident about it. I was just trying to be not supportive to people that might not feel like, oh, okay, that's fully a definitive enrolled. answer. Yeah. We were kind of talking about that as we were getting tea and setting up for this. Is this thing, it's a very fine line between humility and confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think we live in a world, as you were saying, where it's almost expected of us to be the humble person, self-deprecating. Talk about that a little bit in terms of just the journey of our bodies and how we're showing up that way yeah. in the world. So I come from a background of doing my damnedest to let others know that I don't really care mm. um, and what that was. So posturally, what that ends up manifesting itself as is being kind of like a little bit more collapsed, shoulders kind of rolled forward, kind of just like slouching over, like the typical position that we kind of get formed into is we're like hunching over yeah. chairs in school, which like, what do you expact? You're sitting in that damn chair for so long. And Eight you're hours. These blue lights in the air conditioned right. room, and you just want to go climb a tree, like, please, like, get me out of here. How am I incarcerated right now? What have I done? Right. You know, so of course, like, if the body, the, the posture of that animal that you put in that position for that amount of time, and they're underslept because their circadian rhythms is such that they kind of end up wanting to go a little bit later. Right. Because the adults are like, okay, nine o'clock, right in bed. You know, the 13-year-old kid's like, no way. I'm up. Like, maybe around midnight I'll start thinking about it. Yes. But, like, 9 p.m. is not for me. Yeah. It's for you, my yeah. 50-year-old mom. Right. <laughs> who's very tired. Who's very tired. You know, like, who, like, so who's this school system for exactly here? I thought it was for the kids. Right. Um, you know, so in that position, uh, the reason that I was in that position wasn't just because of the, the formation of the, the system, you yeah. know, the mold that I was in. It was in part that. Um, but it was also not wanting to express like a truer version of myself because if I express the truest version of myself, whatever that means to the individual, um, then that's a way more vulnerable place to be at because if you don't love that part, then you don't love me. Mm. You know, so I would instead kind of continually put out this this front of like I don't really give a shit when in reality I give deep shits yeah a lot of shits so much shit yeah so many shits yeah, given. Like, yeah the yeah. depth of shit was, 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 was it went down <laughs> and, and but instead I would protect myself with these postural patterns um, and just the, you know the tonality and all that stuff mm. and then what can happen is you can become or I became kind of imprisoned in my own structural patterns yeah and so those structural patterns, your connective tissue, you have these fibroblasts and fibroclasts and osteoblasts and all these cells that are constructing your body mm-hmm. at any given moment throughout the day. And so you're always under construction. Right now, your breathing patterns and your structural patterns and the way that you use your vocal cords and your eyes, yeah. all of that is sending information back into these cells dictating how you, how you grow in the moment. Yeah. And so, so we're continually... You know, it's like there's like a it's like a lattice. You know, there's like a these vines are continually growing depending upon how we kind of shape the, the structure of the you know, the thing that the 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 vines growing on. The, what would that be called? It's called a lattice, I guess, right? I have no idea. I think like a bonsai tree. Yeah. When you put when you put wires around the, the, the branches, you kind of bend those. And at first, yes. it's like okay, I think maybe I can bend that. We'll leave that wire and that branch in that position for a little while, and that becomes the branch. Yeah. 
So leave your body in a certain position, such as you know, staring up to a screen or hunching over a couch or a chair or a bus or plane or stroller or baby seat yeah. or all of that, and eventually your bonsai self becomes that collapsed position. We mold into it. We mold into it. Yeah. And then that's, we haven't really got into yet, but that gets into um, the way that we access memories or emotional state. Um, mm-hmm. And then where it gets really funny and interesting is depression is presently the number one leading cause of disability worldwide. Get out. And so... Disability? Yeah, yeah, like I can't can't do it. I just can't come in. I'm like... Wow. Down. So are they out. labeling that a disability now? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, depression, like, have, like getting depression medication, like needing to be on meds because I'm just so sad. Yeah. You know, so that if you look at depression, the, the literal meaning of the word, it's pulled down like it's a structural term you know to depress the structure right so it's pulling that structure down right so you depress the human animal you pull the human animal down <laughs> you collapse its structure which there are many ways that we do that in there's our many society. ways you do that yeah but if you were to see a i'll stop talking in a second you'll if you see a person or a group of people there's a photographer that actually did this where he photoshopped out the uh, phones from their hands and it was like couples laying in bed and like just, you know, all, all the different places you'd be holding your phone, which essentially is everywhere. Um, and what you see in that picture when you just look at that human without having any context of, oh, right, he's doing important things on Instagram or whatever. Right, it's work. Yeah, it's work. Totally work. Yeah, totally. It's not just addicted to his cell phone. No, not at all. No. <laughs> um, what you see is you see a sad person for the most part. Wow. Well, I can imagine you're looking at somebody just totally collapsed. Shoulders collapsed. Yeah. Neck collapsed head down, yeah, and that is informing how we show up in the world. And how we, so we're sending a signal out to others, um, you know, so take the cell phone out again, if you, if you don't understand what's going on there, and that was a, you know, imagine it was like a gorilla, Yeah. and the gorilla is just sitting in place, just checking his messages, but you don't have any of this checking his <laughs> messages, if you're just sitting in place, looking over that, you'd yeah. be like... Oh, like, what's what, wrong? Do you need some bananas? Like, what do we, what are we doing? We are abusing you. Uh, yeah, how do we happening? support you? Like, we need to bring you up. You look depressed. Yeah, yeah, instead of fully in his power. Instead of fully in his power, yeah. Which is interesting because that has me think about there is a, in my opinion, a deep epidemic of people resisting their fullest potential. Mm-hmm. And I find that especially in health. And I'm sure you see this. And it's so interesting because I posted a meme on uh, Instagram the other day. And it was like, uh, we don't realize what matters most until we lose our health. And I got like double the likes that I always get. People are like, yes, oh my gosh. But I know that probably 95% of the people who liked and commented on that are likely not going to do anything about it. Sure. So why do you think that is? Why do we resist that? Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I think sometimes... It's convenient. I think seeing the likes and the hearts and all that stuff, it's it's an indication of something that's deeply seated. Like people are are wanting that. Yeah. Um, but I think at an individual level, we're like you know William James said, we're we're creatures of habit. You know, we're like strewn up in our own habits. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the, there's another book called the the medium is the massage. Right, called Marshall McLuhan. Okay. So the medium is the message was like his big thing. And so we get formed by the medium in which we receive information. Yeah. You know, much more than the information itself. Yeah. And so it's kind of ironic almost that the person is looking into the phone, the medium that's <laughs> forming them. Yeah. Seeking out 
you know, this inspirational stuff yeah. as they're being kind of, their energy is being pulled out. Yes. You know, so like Ayurvedic medicine, it's like when you, and I can feel this, I'm sure you can feel this too, like you, in meditation, you're kind of gathering energy, you're, you're closing your eyes, you keep your eyes open as well, but you're not really like focusing on the thing so much. Yeah. And it's like you're building up this internal energy, your chi, your life force, or prana, whatever you call it. Yeah. Uh, and then when you pour that energy out into, um, you know, another person, into a sporting event, into your phone, it's kind of like, it's like, I can feel looking at my phone, there's certain things where it's almost like, like vampirical. Like, it's sure. like, it's like pulling life force out of my eyeballs yeah. <laughs> into the advertisement. Yes. I felt strong and stable and I was like, wow, I was really feeling good. And then all of a sudden I got consumed by yeah. 19 minutes of... Instagram nonsense, <laughs> right. and I walk away, and I'm in this kind of daze. <laughs> like, who am I? Whoa. What is life about? Wow. I don't understand what it means. <laughs> yeah, and it's literally as though there was like an energetic leak, Yeah, and it was coming out of my eyeballs into the cell phone, which is yeah. like, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know? yeah. There's no such thing as free Instagram, free Facebook, yes. free Twitter, and all that stuff. Like, there's you are paying. There is a cost. It's just the payment is your consciousness. It's, it's whatever extra bandwidth that you have of your own consciousness the all of those free apps they're hunting for it yeah they sure are you know and so that's what they're and this isn't any like tinfoil hat conspiracy theory stuff i mean this is like i don't think they even mean any wrong by it no i think they're just trying to do their best job to have a successful app and the way you even, do that is keep people engaged. For sure. Even the founders of uh, Instagram, he's famous for talking about how he will not let his kids on. Yeah. He's like, we set this thing up to be addictive. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to let my kids go on because I know that it's a dopamine hit every time they get a little heart, every time a little comment shows up, and I don't want them to form that addiction. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's interesting where it's like, oh, I got you know these, these hearts on my, my image that I put into the internet. Um, you know, I wonder how many people are going to take action. It's like, I, I mean, I think that the ultimate action is to put the fucking phone down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Like, it's like, wait, wait, they put the phone down, they won't give me the hearts. Right. Oh, God, I'm stuck. <laughs> put it down, the put name. it down, people. What do we put do? it down. But that's the thing, and I talk about this quite a bit on my podcast and in my content in general, is the difference between living our life for showing how we're living our life and actually being out there and living it. Yeah. And I think that is something that I think some of us are moving more towards, but a lot of us are getting deeper into the whole of technology and having our whole lives connected. Yeah. And you talk about something in your book in the intro that I loved. You said, you know, it's kind of ironic that people walk into a wellness event at a hotel with fluorescent lighting and air conditioning and everyone's sitting in these rigid chairs and it's it's crazy and it's it's when you actually think about it you're like this has nothing to do with what true wellness is so talk about why your methodology and how you kind of set up your framework why is it different from all the other things that are out there currently I think it's not different from all the other things. I think it's like an amalgamation of things that seemed valuable over the last, you know, 16 years of professionally working with clients, five years of doing the podcast and being able to kind of cherry pick from each person. And the podcast started off as more of this like physical therapy, structural movement type focus. And now it's gotten more into nutrition and consciousness and like sexuality and just anything that relates back to making your body be more strong and robust and flexible and creative and confident and all those things. Yeah. Because just 
the way that you do your bicep curls or pull-ups is not the end of the, of the conversation. Right. Um, first, like the, the underlying core of all that is like what gets you to have the motivation to get up and do some freaking pull-ups in the first place. Right. That's, that's the conversation. Yeah. You know, and, my, and that's the conversation I'm really, really excited about. Yeah. You know, and so the way that the book is broken down is such that it's like, you know, another one of the metaphors in the introduction of the book is that you, know, you think of life kind of like a, a, a golfer swinging a golf club and hitting a golf ball. Uh, the contact of that club, if it's askew by even, you know, a, a millimeter, yeah. you don't notice any change within the first 40 yards or 20 yards or whatever. But then after, say, 70 yards, 100 yards, like you're like... Okay. Yeah, we're going left. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Where that, that's where that ball landed. Wow. Yep, like, yep. what could we have done? You know, like, what could we have done after 90 yards, 100 yards? Like, the very core foundation of the contact against that ball was off from the drop. Yes. Yeah. You know, so what the book does is it's not, um, like, defaming any kind of modern modernity modernity like like I don't I don't have any issue with cell phones or couches or elevators or anything like all of those are tools or chairs um so what the book does is it it respects modernity yeah and it just slowly gives people the option to reposition their golf club ever so slightly yeah so that they can start to be um their movements are working in favor of them as opposed to the convenience of the culture. Yeah. yeah so that's like Terrence McKenna. You know Terrence McKenna? Yeah. Oh, good, yes. great. Um, he Lots said, of hours of Terrence McKenna he's vocals so, in my ear. Yeah, he's so great, he's <laughs> yeah. so smart. Crazy. Crazy, but Crazy. brilliant. There's some other people. Terrence, he, he gets a little wacky, super brilliant. Um, I'll mention the Terrence thing, but then there's like... Alan Watts is someone Watts. that's like much more grounded. I feel yeah. he's he's my guy. Yeah. I love Alan. Like ter- like Terrence, I'm like ninety percent. I'm like f yeah. Yeah. Alan, I'm I'm about a hundred percent. I'm about a hundred. Ramdas, hundred percent. There's a few yeah. people where I'm just like, damn, <laughs> yeah. you are just channeling some shit. Yep. Yep. Um, and there's no <laughs> kind of like egoic Mask kind of that noise that's in there. Totally. Totally. Um, anyways. So, but for the 90%, and who cares about my opinion about Terrence McKenna, you know, whatever. Well, hey, that great. might open up a channel for somebody. Yeah, so, yeah. Right, who right, that right, was right, that guy? Right. <laughs> uh, but he said, he said, paraphrasing, he said that culture is, essentially culture is working for itself. It's not working yeah. for you. Yeah. You know, and, and oftentimes culture is the primary thing that's keeping us from our own enlightenment and well-being and just goodness in the world and for ourselves. Yeah. Because it's like... The culture, it wants to, to move this, this high of this mass. And at the individual level, we're just, you know, an individual skin cell. Yeah. You know, and so we can scuff that off. And, you know, it's like, oh, cool. Does it affect culture? It's like, no, 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 no. Culture is still moving in this direction. Right. The individual is kind of irrelevant to the whole. Yeah. And moment. so the directionality, this is getting awful tinfoil hatty, so I'll pull it back to, like, hip hinging and stuff in a second. But um, the directionality of culture, if you look at it, Statistically, which statistics can be um, misleading. You know, yeah. there's like the Mark Twain quote, like there's lies, damn lies in statistics. Yes. You know, so statistics paint a, paint a picture of whatever you want them to paint, really. But the statistics that I see, especially in researching from the book, is that anti-anxiety medications are going through the roof, antidepressants, yeah. um, suicidal ideation, like all these, like, like and, and this is Western culture. This is the winners. Yeah. 
Right. You know, so like the, the disease of affluence or affluenza. <laughs> you know, so we yeah. were the winners because we have all the shiny blue lit things and we have all the comfy chairs and we have all the fancy cars and, you know, we have all this stuff. And we're in the high rises. We're on the yeah. third floor right now. We can yeah. look out over, yeah. you know, look at all the homeless people in the streets and right. grass <laughs> right. in the sun like right. animals. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you for being outside. So anyways, <laughs> so pulling back. Um, culturally, if you were to look at it, the, at it from that statistical lens that I chose to impart through the, the book of like, what's culture doing to us? Um, that's not a statistic that I have interest in being part of. Yeah. You know, so I'd rather take control of my individual skin look cell. Look at you being a creator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and say, okay, cool. I can, I can play and move and dance within this culture i'm not going to leave the hive right like i'm going to stay in the hive yeah there's benefits to the hive there's benefits to the hive yeah yeah you we leave the, the hive, hive typically you end up you know starving or getting cold or right your beard or whatever would be down here it'd be, it'd be much longer than that yeah. <laughs> so anyway, stay in the hive um, but perhaps i could download some information of how i can interact in the hive that i can actually take care of my individual cell and the cells around me, the people that I care about, maybe I can even send a signal throughout the other cells and say, hey, guys, I think we can do better within this hive. Yes. You know, and so that's essentially what the book does is it breaks down exactly how people can start to interact more effectively within this hive that seems to be veering towards, um, you know, these statistics. I love that. So let's talk about maybe three... Obviously, it's going to be very surface because we can't go into too much here, but three ideas or concepts that somebody who has all the excuses of I'm too busy, I don't have time, I'm overweight, I've got depression in my family, like where could somebody start that feels easy enough despite whatever excuses they might bring to the table? Just expose your body to more sun. Mm, like that's a big, huge. It's a big one. Vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. Vitamin D. So in the winter, like you yeah. like make your meeting. So there's a chapter in the book that's all about the value of, of walking. Yes. You know, and so it's like it's like you know we're like oh you got to do pistol squats and you got to do like big, yeah. like double axle kick flip. What it's like, dude? Like, how's your walking? Yeah. Have you gone for you, a walk? Are you lately? like a walker? <laughs> right. Like no 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 I just drive my ass to the gym. So you're saying you haven't used machines. your legs in a while. Yeah, like, so, yeah, how's your leg practice? Right. Like, do they go back and forth? Do you do that anymore? Not only up the stairs? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, you know, so that would be a thing, and then take the stairs regularly. Like, really embrace inconvenience yeah. um, when you can. Like, it's insane to me. This is not the case in Europe, actually, and, and um, particularly Europe is a place I noticed it. Uh, people use stairs more often. Yeah. Uh, it might not be everywhere in Europe, but a lot of the places that I was at, it was something I noticed. Is like if there's the option between going up the escalator, is that what it's called? What are the things that roll up? Escalator. Steps that move. Yeah, the yeah. escalator versus yeah. the stairs. Yeah. People are like, oh, well, I'll, I'll enjoy this experience of using my legs. <laughs> yes. As you're, as you're doing that, literally yeah. every step that you're taking up those stairs. And look at this. Next time you go to the airport, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I've the seen escalators are packed. Yes. And people are sneezing and farting yes. on each other. And they're like, <laughs> just waiting to go up. I'm like, dude, you have a 17-pound briefcase. Right. What Walk are you doing? It. Walk with it. Well, I always do the thing too, like the people movers, the flat ones in the airports. Yeah, walk on it. I always walk next to it just to see. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if I could get there faster. Sometimes I'm walk. a little rude. I need to work on it. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, because I'm like, I'm like, if it's blocked up, I'm like, I am walking past, sir. I need to, back, I need to get off. Like, I got on here to my walking, up. my walking high horse. Yeah. Um, but that, so that'd be that'd be a thing. Is actually enjoy like gamify 
throughout your day, where can I grab some of these extra movement yes. points? You know, so you'd be, it would be like a three-point shot. You know, you have, okay, cool, you, cool, you have your backpack, your briefcase or whatever as you're traveling. That's a farmer's carry. Yeah. That's what you pay a personal trainer $120 to have you do at a gym. Right. Except you, just, <laughs> except you just go up one step and up and down right. and up and down. It's like, you have a whole, this is a personal training moment. <laughs> life is a gym. You can save your 120 bucks. Like, life can become your gym yes. if you have the lens to see that. I love that. Yeah, I heard a concept, and I forget where I heard it, but OTM, Opportunities to Move. Mm-hmm. And it's something that has shifted the way I take the stairs. I gave up my car, like my husband has a car, but I walk here. I live about a mile away and I walk here and I walk back to my house every day because that's my workout. It's about 45 minutes and I know that I can listen to a podcast, I can make a phone call, but I can move my body and it gets rid of all the excuses. So I think, I love that. There's a fancy word for that um, from a guy called James Levine, who's like world leading researcher on sedentary lifestyle, Mm -hmm. effects of that. Is neat so non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So all of wow. the unnecessary. It's very fancy. Right? It's just fun. It's just fun to say. Just think neat. Um, yours is actually a little bit better, but nonetheless, I figure I give you. Like, this is <laughs> I okay. like it. I have. This options. is my interpretation <laughs> for the book. Yeah. Um, you know, so we have all of this extra potential caloric expenditure and energy production because you can think of your body kind of like a wind-up flashlight. Yeah. In order for you to gain energy, you need to wind the little the little yes. toggle. Yes. If you don't wind that lever thing up... It's dead. Yeah. There's yeah. no light. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what if we maybe... Um, maybe I'll get a Red Bull. Right. Like, Which oh, to me... What like, can I put into my face? And like, have you mind. tried... Turning the handle. Right. Have you tried moving at all? Yeah. Have you tried breathing at all? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, all, so all the, and breathing is a movement. Yeah. As is using your eyes. Eyes is, you know, is you're, we're going through our. I saw that in the book. I was curious about that. Oh, it's so important. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's literally like your visual muscles. Um, it's like a, you know, you could think of it as, as like a, like a DJ kind of turning up the knobs on the sound, you know, yeah. for a little more bass, a little more treble. You know, as you are using your eyes, if you're focusing in, i.e. like the cell phone and the screens yes. in front of us and being in closed walls, it, it causes those ciliary muscles in the eyes to contract huh. so that the lens will actually uh, bend that light so we can perceive it. When we're up close to something, in order for us to see that image and it not be blurry, yeah. we need to make a contraction of okay. the lens okay. so that we can bend it so it'll be a clear image. Huh. As we go out into the distance and see like that panoramic view, yeah. now that light, instead of having to come in at an angle, can come in straight on and we can just relax and take it all in. Interesting. So it's like a subtle stress on our body. Yeah, you're literally contracting your eyes to, to every time you look at your phone, every time you're inside of a room and you're, you know, you can only see out a few feet, you're literally chronically in a contracted visual state. Interesting. When you're in a chronically contracted visual state, that sends a signal through your autonomic nervous system that it's time to executive function, fight, flight, go. If you're a person, say someone that's experiencing like adrenal fatigue, which is many people, um, or just having any, any form of fatigue. You know, your body's like, it's been stuck on throttle for so long. Yeah. You know, and then getting back into the same conversation with that, 
the lights that we're exposed to, literally right now, yeah. um, these are under, it's, a, it's called alternating current, okay. so as opposed to a direct current like you'd get from the sun. Yes. So when you got the sun, you can feel the difference. You go out and it feels like it's charging you. Yeah, it it's does. because it fucking is charging right. you. That's <laughs> right. why it feels it's like it's charging it's, you. Right. Nature had this whole thing worked out pretty it's, well. <laughs> and so that, that connection of the sun, it's, it's the, the way that that light comes down it's almost like it's like a it's like that direct current it's like a hug it's like a oh yeah and you can almost exhale yeah exactly yeah. Right? And that exhalation is an indication of that parasympathetic side of your nervous system coming online you're going into a rest digest healing state yes if you can oh and start paying attention to these all these are tools yeah you know, so sticking staying on the same thread bounce around a lot uh, but it's all really is the same conversation and so that light coming down, that direct current from the sun, that full spectrum of light charges up your charges up your um, mitochondria, and it's yeah. like it literally like purifies your blood, and it's right. it's a beautiful experience. But the way that that direct current feels on the body is more of like a hug compared to these lights in here. These are coming from an al- alternating current AC, yeah. And so that's more of like a strobe, like a flash. Which probably is not a great vibration for our body. It's ag- it's agitated. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you go in. So so if you are like, okay, I think this guy's a little bit crazy. Like walk into a you know a, a grocery store, or Walmart, or something like that yeah. at like ten p.m. Yeah. After you've been in the dark, which for many people may have not been for a while because yeah. they're exposed to lights like that regularly, so yeah. their body adapts and it's like, okay, cool, I just feel normal. Well, your normal is actually like not even close to what you could feel had you been really winding up your flashlight yes. and paying attention to a light-dark cycle. Yeah. But if you had a little bit of darkness and you're starting to feel a little bit of that drowsiness, go into a Walmart yes. and have that experience. Just soak it in. Yeah. Like as an experiment. Do it tonight. Don't buy anything. You know, but just go <laughs> Don't in. Buy anything. Go in literally just for like the shock of that. Yeah. It's and interesting. Pay attention to I can feel, feel that. I can feel that. Like if I go in, even here, because I work from home a lot, but we have an office here as well where we work right now. Um, but I can feel the difference. I can feel the difference because at home I've got my windows open. I've yeah. got just natural light coming in versus being in an enclosed space yep. with different kind of lighting. I can feel it in my body. Yep. And I don't have words for it, but I can feel now it. Now you do. Now I have words the for it. The line method. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Give it words. Amazing. But that's what I love about this method is it's just about coming back to your body's natural alignment. Yeah, that's it. That's and that's the, the way that we finish the book is is um, you know the ultimate step, the final step of everything is to, like forget about the book. Yeah. You know, and forget about all the rules and the dogmas and all that, and then just be yourself. Yeah. You're like your body knows how to heal. Yes. Your body knows how to be creative and knows how to be sexy yes. and knows how to be calm and knows how to be strong. We put all of these kind of superficial ideas what we're supposed to be and now we're almost living two separate lives yeah. there's that deep, deeper internal self yeah. and there's the, all the constructs of what I think I should be as long as you're in that your vision is kind of blurred yes. if you can start to find coherence between those two images of what I think I'm supposed to be and what feels organic and authentic now you're on the path to do some like real shit in the world. Yes, and I love that because even I know there's some people listening who are like fitness buffs and they spend a lot of time at CrossFit. And I love what you said in the intro of your book because you used to do bodybuilding, but it wasn't from an aligned place. Mm-mm. And there's a lot of people who are working out and doing superficially what they think they need to do to like have a good body or 
be active and fit, but they're missing true alignment and deep vitality. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, so uh, kind of wrapping the other stuff up, the, the way that the environment that most of us live in, again, like full respect and homage to the environment because it's gotten us to where we are and there's yeah. no regrets or nothing, you know, there's nothing bad or good. Yeah. Um, it's just respecting the things as they are and then coming back through and feeling, being more like you, where you're saying like, oh, like naturally, I didn't have any words for it, but there's something that feels good about opening the window and letting that full spectrum of light come in because it's yeah. almost like a light massage in it a way. Is. Sun. Right? You know, <laughs> it's it's so nice sad. to light some candles at night yes. and make it like romantic. There's a, it makes me feel sensual and kind of like soft and open. And it makes me kind of exhale. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, versus when you slam that light accidentally, you flip the switch, oh, yeah. and you're <laughs> shrieking in. Yeah, that happened this morning to me. <laughs> you know, and paying attention to to uh, the, the breath, which we started alluding to. You know, as you're taking a breath in, that's activating. We're always oscillating between that sympathetic and parasympathetic. Yeah. Sympathetic, more like fight flight. Parasympathetic, yeah. rest, digest. Um, and you're going back and forth in between that. Yeah. As you're breathing, you can start to, uh, the same way we were, we were doing it with the, the light or, or our vision, we can tap into that breath, emphasize a little bit of a longer exhalation, and then that will put us into a little bit more of that calm, rest, yeah. digestive state. The more time that you can spend in a calm place, the more time you can access something that's more deeper and more meaningful. As long as you're sitting on the edge of that fight, flight, oh my God, I'm stressed about this, I'm late to that, you know, I've got to pay this, and like, you're in that place of survival, yeah. good luck with creativity. Totally. You know, and so we can access, and we live in a structural mold that winds us up into a more... Uh, sympathetic fight flight type place sure. based off of you know say the, the positions that we're in it will structurally put our breathing more into breathing up more into like the, the clavicular upper chest as opposed to being in that deep abdominal yeah. low breath. ribs diaphragm and yeah. the belly breath can be misleading as well because we're just sometimes what I'll see a lot with, with uh, yogis especially is they're breathing through their belly but nowhere else uh, so it's not so fully you can fake standing. it Yes, yeah. like Ram Dass talked about, like, don't be, like, fake, uh, phony, holy. Huh. You know, so yeah. we can, like, we can jump steps and say, oh, look, watch, my belly, my belly's distending. Every time I breathe, it's like, well, your diaphragm's not coming right. in line at all. Right, right You're right. just pushing your belly out forward and backwards. Yeah. And so a more effective practice to bring, and this is all in relation to the original question of, like, how do we get back into that, yeah. that deeper authentic self? Um, you know, so something people can play with right now is bring their, their hands to their lower ribs and just observe that breath into that space. It's especially helpful for you. You have humans inside of you. Oh, yeah. You know, and so the I, more that you I can communicate have that. less space than ever right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which they act as like an interesting feedback to be able to breathe into for that, sure. which is kind of cool. I for don't sure. know anything about that, but I would imagine that it's would probably... It's pretty awesome. Yeah, but it's probably yeah. very, very special. <laughs> you know, so people, as they're listening, they can just start playing with bringing your hands in your lower ribs and just notice that breath going out more horizontally as yeah. opposed to like more vertically, like up and down. Think that breath going out wide. Yeah. And then you can bring your, your hands into your low back, yeah. right above your sacrum, and then below your ribs, like in that space, the lumbar spine territory, and then breathe from that position again. Yeah. 
And in that position, what you can feel is literally there's an attractioning happening of your lower back. Hmm. So every time, like your breath is your own onboard physical therapist and massage therapist Mm -hmm. and your yoga teacher and your guru and your meditation teacher it's all wrapped up into one thing yeah so you can start to tap into okay how do I start to get some semblance of awareness and relationship with my breath so it's working for me as opposed to me chronically being stuck in this go 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 state till eventually burnout's like inevitable well, and you know that's been listed as like an actual illness now. What's that, burnout? Burnout. Yeah. Yeah, is, I mean, I've flirted with it a little bit with, with making the book. Yeah. No, I, I experienced it before having my first child, mm. and I didn't even know I was in burnout, which is the craziest thing. Yeah. I was just getting all my levels done because we knew that we wanted to start a family. Yeah. So I got all the tests, everything from blood to gut, everything. And my naturopathic doctor was like, you're literally at the lowest scale of your adrenals. She's like, you have flatlined all your hormones. She's like, if I didn't know you, we know each other personally. She's like, I would think you were on bed rest, fully depressed, just looking at your vitals. She said, but because of mindset and all of that, you're kind of, and you're just in this momentum. And you said something earlier that has me really think about how many people are in a normal that they don't even know is so far away from what's possible in terms of their fullest vitality, their fullest potential. And it's just crazy to think because when I was diagnosed with burnout, I didn't realize that I had burnout. So I was like, I feel great. Everything's great. I'm rocking work. I've got like 40 different projects right now. I'm killing it based on society. But the minute I started doing the work to get back to alignment, more time outside, literally the prescription is like what you're telling me, more time outside, more walks, more breathing, just more intentionality all around, more space, 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 space. I started feeling so incredible. I'm like, holy shit, I thought I was awesome at burnout stage. I'm going to be incredible now because I'm actually living into my body's fullest alignment, which just opens up and activates everything. Yeah, yeah. And so the more breathing also could be another misleading thing because it's actually less breathing that will calm the nervous system down. Mm -hmm. That's the one. So it's like over breathing is a real thing and then you know the reason that we need a breath is that buildup of co2 yeah and when we if we become hypersensitized to that because we chronically give ourselves just buckets of air all the time then our body's like okay cool well this is this is the environment this person lives in maybe they're breathing through their mouth and you know there's Hmm. if you hear that you know that person is in a revved up state. Hmm. You know, maybe it's maybe they're they're you know exercising or like doing some sexy time thing or doing some breath work <laughs> thing or whatever it is. Like, oh cool, like, but they're revved up. Yeah, interesting. You know, so their RPMs, as opposed to being at like fifteen hundred, they're like, okay, cool. They're they're doing something at like it seems like more like three thousand or thirty five hundred. Wow. You know, so if you slow the breath down, emphasize that breath out. You can even do. We have a bunch of different practices and exercises and such. Uh, in the book of emphasizing that breath out maybe you could even do a couple breath holds every now and again you know walk between a foam pole and do a little breath hold and your body will start to build up tolerance to that CO2 and it will become a a more robust uh, respirator Mm -hmm. and so now all of a sudden your blood cells are getting greater amounts of oxygen because they're working more efficiently yeah so it's the same it's a similar 
idea, like breath is food, you know, light is food, yeah. food is also food. If yeah. we put too much food into the body, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Your body's like, okay, like, what am I, supposed to I don't do know what the this? deal is, but we've got a lot of resources. Right. <laughs> We're going to have like, to process all of this. I guess this seems like this has been going on for a little while. This might last forever. Right. Let's slow down. Right. You know, like we need, right. to, we need to figure like we, or sorry, the, the opposite. We need to, we need to be burning that up. Yeah. But so it's it's continually going. It's just adapting to what we expose it to the body. Right. right. And so something that we can play with is another kind of like I think oftentimes like yogic misunderstanding because you come in and the yoga teacher immediately is like, okay, breathe, breathe. <laughs> yes, breathe for sure. Uh, also, pay attention to. Is there a way that I can be a little bit, treat my breathing a little bit more like food and Mm -hmm. embrace the idea of like a fast Mm. to make my body respond to that and adapt to that and actually be a happier, more robust organism? I love that. It's a similar. It's a similar thing uh, with cold exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. So the body, it's like that's a terrible idea. A cold <laughs> shower, <idea>. you know, <laughs> hiking and jumping in a cold lake. Like, yeah. why would you ever? It's a horrible. Yeah. You know, but what you see is by exposing your body to titrates or like drips of stress yeah. in a controlled state, yeah. um, or uncontrolled, whatever. But you know, controlled because most of our modern life is so darn controlled. Yeah. So we have to introduce stressors that would naturally manifest if we were in a more like natural environment nature whatever um you know but when you expose the body to those stressors it literally causes the body to to start to become stronger resilient it adapts cold shock proteins and heat shock proteins your body says oh okay crap okay well she's she's going to be in a cold environment all right well we're going to start to kind of boost her up with protection and make her a strong, robust organism. And what you find is mice. There's been rats with, or, or studies with, with lab rats where they dumped the, the pups, uh, the baby rats, uh-huh. into a cold plunge regularly huh. uh, as they were little guys, which like little babies, you know this, uh, they don't really mind the cold all they the time. They don't. Yeah. My son will go into any water. That's yeah, it's a, that's a learned, it's a learned trait. Yeah. Same thing, beds. Beds are a learned trait too. Huh. If someone's more accustomed to sleeping on mats, and then you put them on the bed, they'll find the bed very uncomfortable. Sure. Just be like, whoa, like, what is this? Yeah. It's like, it's all those not, I'm not used to it. Yeah, it's weird. It's like going to eat me. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, what was I talking about? I was excited about talking about um, the, the mice. The oh, the mice. So they're going to the cold plunge. And uh, what they find is those mice that were exposed to the cold from a young age, uh, or any age for that matter, but for the sake of this, of this study, uh, as adults, it was they were able to deal with stress much more efficiently. Interesting. So you put them in a stressful state, all of a sudden they don't get this surge of cortisol and stress right. hormones because they know how to gather their breath. They know right. how to respond to this seemingly stressful situation. Whereas if you, you know, say some, I don't know, like stereotypical Hollywood girl, whatever, that's just like, everything is taken care of and she's got right. a sugar daddy and right. she just kind of sits <laughs> home and presses buttons and right. looks hot on Instagram. Right. She has this buildup of stress yeah. because she doesn't have those, or he, yeah. uh, they, they don't have those micro stressors yeah. to continue to allow their, their, their human organism to respond and play and figure out and finagle. Like your body needs to adapt. Which is, it goes back to this idea that growth is oftentimes very uncomfortable. And I think so many people avoid the discomfort. Yeah. But there's so much magic in that. And what I'm hearing is like, 
we're literally, when we do these micro-stressing to our body, we're training the body to deal with stress, to hold more, to be a better organism against the world. Mm -hmm. And we see, um, I know we talked about this book before, Waking the Tiger. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've read that book and I do a lot of somatic work with my clients. And he talks about how animals are constantly in stressful situations, but they don't hold stress and trauma because they're const- their body knows how to deal with it. Yep. Their body knows how to process it. And I think so many of us feel so traumatized by day-to-day life because we don't give ourselves permission yeah. to lean into the harder things. Well, animals are in cycles of stress, and they do well with, with build up, build up, build up, and then purgative release, build up, yep. build up, build up, purgative release. Human animals are in constant stress because yes. we have, and that's what, through the environment that we were already describing, um, and the lack of purgative practices or exactly. tools, um, such as literally everything I mentioned, your vision, you're using your visual muscles as a purgative tool. Yeah, Looking that one's like blowing my mind. I oh, love that. <laughs> I literally, because I looked at the, the table of contents, I'm like, Wow, eye movements. Okay, I need to ask him about that. Yeah, this. it's important stuff. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. You know, so that would be an example of a purgative tool. Uh, your breath is a purgative tool. Yes. Sound is a purgative tool. Yes. Even the, the sounds in your environment, but obviously with the, the purgative part, more like the way that you produce sound. Yes. You know, allowing yourself, like, oming is real shit. Right, which <laughs> I judged for so long because I'm like, oh, that's some, like, woo-woo, whatever. Yeah. But when I got into somatic practices, they say all animals express through sound. You know, lions roar. Exactly. There's animals that hiss and bark, and humans often are just like, nope, I'm just going to close up. Well, you don't want any toxic masculinity as a man. You don't want to roar, not in public. But see, like, like primal (laughs) screaming for me has changed the game. It's changed the game, and we do it with our clients, and it's just... It's incredible the release people feel after just opening up their voice yeah. and like channeling that energy out through sound. It's well, that's, so powerful. That's like the first thing that I do anytime I. So like we we did the the book launch a couple days ago or something yeah. like that. I don't know if you saw it on anybody's Instagram or whatever, but people were roaring. Yes, I got them so roaring. Good. You know, and it was it was like. Uh, so there were so many beautiful things that were happening in that. One, you know, it was a group of this like probably seventy of us all you know, in this beautiful home that we could see out over the distance. Yeah. Before that, we took a, a hike, and there's probably only like 10 of us to do the hike part. Um, but we watched the sun go down, so we're nice. doing all that natural sun. So okay. we have that community of all the people in the room. We went through a breath practice. People are playing. They're doing acro yoga and stuff. Right. Um, you know, and then we have uh, took everybody through a this, like, essentially just having, like, self-massage and sighing and, Ah, screaming and all that stuff. And the funniest thing, or most interesting thing, I find more and more that I do uh, workshops and speaking and all that stuff, people just want permission. That's it. And so if you are willing to be weird, which weird is the literal translation is is, is fate. It's an old English word. So to be in control of one's fate is a, weird, is a weird person. I love that. Yeah, so if you're willing to be weird, which in a culture that fits into the statistical mold that we described earlier, yes. if you're the weird person, then what that does, typically, I mean, if you like are the person that wrote the book and you're bringing everyone together, they'll kind of do whatever you ask them for the most yeah. part. They're like, but, all right, we're in your time, let's yeah, go. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> like you paid for the food, you got the music, all right, right. cool, whatever you want, screw, great. Yeah. You got um, two hours, yeah, let's do exactly. this. But, but, but even outside of that, that one weird person, think of like dancing. 
Now, when yes. you go out on the dance floor, yes. the first weird person might still be a little bit of a spectacle. But they open but it up for they everybody. They open it up for the second weird person. For sure. So then, okay, well, well, right, well that guy looks like a complete... Like, <laughs> I'm going to wait for three of those yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, so then, right, cool, like, he's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I can go out there and maybe be a little rid- a little less ridiculous. Right. He or might maybe be all, a little cooler. Or maybe I'll out-ridiculous ridiculous him, whatever. Yeah. You know, but he cracks it. Yes. And then from there, the second, and then, like, the, and then, you know, the third person, he's like, okay, that's cool, cool. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, cool, there's, like, um, some type of, you know, three, four, or five people that are that are weird. Yeah. While the tribe is sitting over here being normal. Yeah. Now the tribe starts to slowly go over, go yeah. over, and then, whoa. Now yes. we're all together, critical and we're dancing, we're partying, we reach yes. this critical mass, like, whoa, we're all doing what we wanted to do in the first place. Yes. We just thought that it might be shameful or insecure or vulnerable or some type of, you know, I'm just, oh, I'm not that kind of guy or that kind of girl. We're all that kind of guy and all that kind Please, of girl. for sure. Yeah. Having, honestly, having kids, like, I've always been weird and worn it very proudly, but having a son and having two on the way, kids are so free, and it's just such a reminder, like, we're all that. Yeah. We're all so free. Like, my son gives zero fucks about yeah. what anybody thinks about him. He'll be crazy. He'll do this. He'll jump up. He'll come over and, and give you a kiss. Like, he's just whatever he is in the moment, full permission. Yeah. And there's going to come a point when he's going to realize that society has a mold. And I'm going to do my best, along with my husband, to help support his weirdness yeah. and let him know that he always has a choice and he can play the game, yeah. but always do it on his terms. And I think... The story of, oh, I'm just a shy person, or, oh, no, I don't like to dance, or I don't like hugs. It's like, that's a learned behavior. Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, you have to realize that whether you decide to label something dancing or singing, you are always dancing and you are always singing. Yes. And so we are always communicating with body language. So every time you walked into the room, you danced into that room. Yeah. Did your dance convey a message of confidence and creativity and stability and support and flexibility? And you walk in, you're like... Wow, like there's something about that person, but they it's like they it's like they, they, they yeah, they light up the room yes. as they come in. It's because they danced in that thing. That's right. You know? They walk in they like, speak, let's light this bitch up. Like, wow, <laughs> your voice, it like resonates. Yeah. And like it's like soothing. Like I feel so I feel so safe around you. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, well it's because I'm literally or you know, depending the voice is literally tuning your nervous system. For sure. You know, so Children, like you're describing, are so great because they're so darn honest. Yeah. So if they don't like somebody's voice, they're out of here. They'll say it. You know, if they don't like a room, it's like, mm mm, not happy now. I don't like that person, mommy. Can we go? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, okay. Whereas, whereas adults, adults are great. I was literally just having this conversation with uh, Tom Bilyeu on the the Health Theory Show. He was, he was like, kind of questioning my romantization of children. I completely agree. Because yeah. having adult values is, is great, too. For sure. You, know, you need to be able to understand that, okay, I walk across the street at this time or else I'm going to get destroyed by traffic. Absolutely. You yeah. know, I need to be arrived at this place at this time because that's culturally what we've decided yeah. that, you know, 5 p.m. That we, time you know, exists. That's, okay, at, at that linear time, we all meet at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the child might be like, well, <laughs> time, it's time. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah. it's a balance between the two. Yeah. I.e. every type of, like, philosophical idea ever. Yeah, you know, masculine, light and feminine. Dark, masculine, feminine, yeah. Shiva Shakti, like, it's all For the sure. same shit. For sure. You know, so child adult is just another one of those. Yes. You want to be in balance in a relationship with both. Yes. If we live in a culture that childlike feels more like childish, yeah. you know, immature, yeah. all those kind of negative terms, um, or maybe dirty, you know, or, oh, you're, 
you're hanging out, you know, waiting for your food, and you're in like a deep squat, or you're like kneeling right. in the grass. Right, that's some weird. kind of animal. Right, <laughs> you're like, well, you know, yes, actually. You no, know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on this chair that I've been in since I was put into a stroller as right. like a, you know, a, a, a baby. Right. You know, as opposed to being walked around with my parents, maybe having like a sling, maybe being passed around from person to person, like yep. this happened since forever. Yeah. Any tribe, the contact with with a kid is great because there's people around. Oh, that's great. Kid cries. Cool. Any of the thirty dads or moms comes over and cool, gotcha. Yep. And it's so funny. I I heard so much about village mentality, but I've been doing a lot of work in Africa since I was since two thousand five. Yeah, so right. since I was twenty, and so we spend time with tribes and communities, and I see these kids that are just always around, and it's like you don't know who they belong to, and it doesn't Spencer. matter. They yeah. belong to everybody, and it's yeah. so beautiful. They're so independent. They're so curious. They're so taken care of they're so loved Mm -hmm. and I think in our nuclear worlds we're just very like insular and it's like these are my people we're not invited well it's the same it's the same idea with like investments like you want to you know diversify your investments for sure so you want to diversify your relationships if you put all your marbles into one nuclear family it's a inherently vulnerable place position to be in because at one point half of my life could die and at some point, or will. or a hundred percent, yeah. You know, like I have my mom, my dad. If you're in more of a a place where it's like, mom and dad has friends, and they come over, and yeah. like we snuggle and play, and we you know we're like open, and yeah. you know we're we live in a very open environment that you're not. Yes, you came out of my body, um, but there's actually but there's I don't a, own you. I don't own you. Yeah. yeah, like you're a part of the tribe. That's you're part it. of the community. And so in the modern world that we live in, it's 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 much more challenging to do that because the nuclear model is kind of like the, the mold that we live in. Yeah. But nonetheless, on an individual level, I imagine people listening to this are probably excited about kind of creating more community in kind of a tribal sure. type setting because it feels so darn good. It does. And people ask, like, how do you get so much done? I'm like, community. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> like, way. I've got, like, the two women that I'm having a meeting with today before and after this interview one is one of my best friends. One has become a friend, but it also works for me. Yeah. And they're also Kingston's, like, favorite people. Okay. My son loves them. And okay. they'll take them, like, Laura comes to Australia with us. Yeah. And she helps on the road. Yeah. And it's like, I couldn't do what I do without tribe. Yeah. And I think, again, coming back to this idea of alignment of kind of the original way mm-hmm. of how people came into this world. Yeah. Life works a lot better when we're in deep alignment mm-hmm. with that original way. And I think that's what your method is all about, which I really love. And I love that it's coming at this time, at the start of a new decade, when I feel like people are more burned out than ever. Mm-hmm. They're more depressed than ever. They are really kind of hopeless that it can get any better. And I think alignment is the key, Yeah. whether it's through movement, community, purpose, values. Yeah. It's the key. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I see like a lot of people when I see people that are burnt out or people that are angry or people that are like any of those things, I have this. It's hard for me to not see a child, yeah. you know, and not see like this like loving being that at one point just wanted to kick soccer balls yes. and wanted to climb trees and fell and scuffed their knee. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, even like Hitler. Yeah, you know, sure. or anybody. Like at one point, Hitler was just a, a, a little boy that has yeah. these dreams of being an artist and being, yes. you know, all these different things. Like that's like all of that 
the, the, the root of every being, I think, is really beautiful, and it's love, and yeah. it's connection, and it's all of that. And then there's a, a quote from uh, Andrew Taylor Still that I finished the book with, and it's, a, 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 uh, harmony dwells where obstructions do not exist. Mm. So harmony dwells where obstructions do not exist. Yeah. So you are harmony, I am harmony. Yeah. This world is harmony. Yeah. If we can be more diligent about removing the obstructions, we already know how to do everything. Yes. You know, so there's so it's not so much that okay, I need to create this thing and this is like, I you know, like how more. do I how do I get out of the way more? How do yes. I go closer to zero? How yes. do I empty my cup? Yes. You know, so that's yeah. like the, the, the goal and from a physical, if I mean, you know, goal is a silly word, but that's you know an idea. Um, you know, in the physical manifestation of this stuff is getting you out of the way of degenerative movement patterns. Yeah. You know, so if every time you walk or breathe, it's you're stuck in a rut that's putting you deeper into that stress state. Mm. Um, then let's let's draw back a little bit and see if we can kind of think of like skiing down a hill. Yeah. You, know, you have these ruts going down the hill. Yeah. See if we can maybe fill in some of those ruts with a couple of these really simple fundamental practices. Yeah. Start to augment the shape of our movement throughout the day just ever so slightly to start to fill in some of those, those moguls, yes. those ruts. And then from there, um, we can you know, start to be a little bit closer to that harmony place. Yes. But as long as we're stuck in the, in the ruts going down the patterns of the past, we're in those habits that have not been serving us. Not to say that every habit doesn't serve us. There's a lot to do. For sure. In fact, every habit, I think, is also worthy of love because at one point, it served great value. Of course. Even if it's lashing out, being angry, or whatever it is, at some point, there was some survival moment where it's like, oh, I need... That was protection. I need to break this bottle right now. Yeah. And then it it got stuck in there. And now, all of a sudden, that moment that you really did need to break that bottle and draw, mm. it's in there, and now it's coming out at work, and now it's coming out in traffic, and now it's coming out in these places. And so you're taking that survival pattern, you're repressing it and holding that impression of that moment, and then you keep on walking through your life, and it keeps popping out. Repeating. Because what it's trying to do, this is Peter Levine stuff, what it's trying to do is it's trying to resurface to go. To heal, yeah. You know, so when you're in that traffic, and all of a sudden you start getting on this like anxiety, like, ah, and your middle finger starts raising <laughs> yeah. up. Ah! Like, here it is again. <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, there's multiple lenses you could look at that. You could say, wow, what an amazing thing that I can afford a car and... You know, I have a place to be and, you know, I have, like, I'm breathing and I have all of my digits and my limbs. Like, this is a goddamn miracle. I'm killing it today. this is a good day. (laughs) No, but instead we go the other side, like, oh, but they cut me off and this and, like, all these different things are happening. Perhaps our filter on that, the reason that it isn't in more of, like, a Andrew Still harmony type place is because that deeper repressed thing of whatever sort is trying to come out Mm. and so perhaps in those moments where we do have those triggers in quotations which is a triggering word for me um (laughs) all like the standard kind of new age uh vernacular sometimes a little okay but i think triggers actually good (laughs) i use that word a lot so i'll be cautious so when you have the trigger well (laughs) when you have the trigger um then it's a great time to to be still yeah you know and and check it out be interested yeah That's what I found. I mean, triggers for me, because I've read Peter's work and just done a lot of the work on myself and had a lot of triggers myself, 
the triggers have always been the greatest expansion points for me. Yeah, they're opportunities. Especially in, in relationship, you know. That's like the best the best part. Yeah, but if you can change your filter to yeah. embrace the trigger and say, okay, what's next? Yeah. You know, as opposed to, that's kind of like, um, I don't know, do you experience psychedelics? I have, yeah. Okay, yeah. so in psychedelic experience, which I, I still have some like fears that I would let go, I would like to let go of in relation to psychedelics, mm-hmm. um, in relation to all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but I think it's all the same thing. Um, it's like control, perhaps. Like yeah, whatever. That's kind of, I think that's that's kind of mine. But I find most people, it's like, what if I fully let go? Yeah, exactly. What yeah. if I fully let go? And yeah. so and so that's um, who was it? I think it might have been. Maybe it was. It wasn't Tim Leary. It was. I forget who it was. I don't think it was Tim Leary. Anyways, they were talking about when you see the the dragon and it's about to eat your face and yeah. it's coming out. Yeah. That's the moment to jump into the dragon's mouth. Yeah. You say, okay, let's go. And then what you find on the inside of the throat of the dragon, once you get swallowed, is all of a sudden the sensation of like, okay, yeah, wow, the dragon isn't chasing me anymore. Yes, I am the dragon. Right, I've become the dragon. dragon. (laughs) Like, oh shit, damn, son. (laughs) And so we have all of those moments where it's like there's little micro dragons chasing us. So what if in those moments we're just like, I'm just going to jump in every dragon and just see how that goes. I love that. It's a great metaphor. It's a great metaphor. Very visual. But especially with the body. This is like just bringing it all home for those of you listening. Like really take stock because your body is your vessel, you know. And and I think about this so much. My second pregnancy now, well, third because I had a miscarriage, but our bodies are capable of so much mm-hmm. and we don't often a give them credit for what they do for us but we're so disconnected from it that we don't really recognize how much our body holds us in life yeah. and creating life itself for me has been that awakening for mm-hmm. me in so many ways but i feel like we don't have to wait to get pregnant if you're a man like we don't have to wait to lose our health to be appreciative of it and I think facing the dragons of our body, finding those obstructions, finding that resistance, there's so much magic that can come from that, but we do need tools, and they're not that hard. Yeah. You know, I think that's the big thing that people need to get. You don't need to sign up for a gym membership. You don't need to be like a CrossFit animal on your Instagram. Like, you don't even have to be a yogi. It's simple stuff, mm-hmm. and it's coming back to those basics. Yeah, it's realized that you're always, your body is a tuning fork and you were continually tuning the, the, the channels that you're that you're tuning into based off of your postural patterns and yeah. you know so if you want a more like you you being a mother and being with your kids like your kids don't care that much what you say no. they're like yeah whatever mom <laughs> Watch they what care you do. <laughs> they care about your presence yes 100% you know, they care about the, the home that you create yeah. is there is there a natural light coming in that home is there a natural air coming in that home do you guys go for lots of walks yes. does mom do, do they see mom and dad one of the chapters of the book is just hinging with your hips uh-huh. you know, so do they always see mom and dad hunching over with their thoracic spine and going in that forward head posture and rolls shoulders rolling forward every time uh-huh. they're Watching dishes or cutting vegetables or picking something off the ground, yeah. so they're learning that pattern, which is a broken, dysfunctional movement pattern. If you ever want to do anything meaningful with your body, being like pick something heavy or wrestle right. or dance or something like that, right? You know, so they're seeing that and they're saying, "Oh, okay, cool." So the idea of like, "Oh, like my mom had flat feet, forehead posture, so that's me," is like, 
maybe, you I mean, you're kind of right, but that's just because you learned that from your mom. Right. And she probably learned that from your grandma. And you've all just been repeating that You've all just been repeating that pattern. Right. You know, so you, right now, are the, 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 the top of the wave. You're the crest yes. of the wave. And you have the opportunity to start to work with your ancestry. I love that. You know, so you are your mom, you are your grandma, so in the sense you are that forward head posture, but you're not. That's just one of the obstructions. Yeah. And so right now, in this corporeal form, we have the opportunity to start to unwind the degenerative patterns throughout history. It's very cool. I love it. I love it. There's, and we could talk forever on this stuff. I love it. Uh, where can people find out more about you, the book? You've also got an awesome podcast. Where can they listen to that? Uh, so the book is the thing that I care the most about presently. So it's, it's the Align Method uh, book. You don't need to write a book, just the Align Method type that in. Um, so Amazon is probably a likely place that people get it, but bookstores and you know, any place you get your books. Awesome. And then everything else is Align Podcast. So I host a podcast called Align Podcast. People can start with the Marianne Williams, Marianne Williamson episode or Wim Hof or Neil Strauss. Or, there's all sorts of great people in there. Right. Um, and then literally everything is Align Podcast, so social media. Great. But the and book. The book is what I care deepest the about right now. Is the yeah. book on Audible? Yes, I read the whole thing. Yes. I was in a dark tube yeah, for I six days. That. It's fabulous. <laughs> I remember that. It's like, <laughs> I'm leaving. There's sunlight outside. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, awesome, because I have a lot of Audible listeners, so yeah. that's great. Cool. Great. Cool. Well, thank you so much for this. It's been a pleasure, and definitely check him out. Aaron's got a ton of amazing information. Um, that isn't just about movement, it's about consciousness, it's about wellness, it's about life, and it is all essentially the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So um, just really love how you show up and how you're making it an integrated approach to wellness and movement, and I think more people should get on the train. So get the book, get it on Audible, get the hard copy if you like a physical, and uh, check him out. Listen to his podcast, love you guys, and I'll see you on the next episode.